So uh, how do you say your name? Actually, I don't want to. Yeah, it's it like it's like Jamie, but with a T. So Tammy. Tammy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would have said it the other way. Like, <laughs> what, e, what were you gonna the say? E as a e. Tammy. Yeah. yeah. Some people yeah. say that. Yeah. It's all good. Cause it's like a that's like a shorter version of it. You have like a longer yeah. name, right? Yeah, Tammy Lolua is my longer name, and it means God is mine. Oh, cool. That's dope. Yeah, yeah I, it's a Nigerian, right? Yep. Nigerian yeah. name, uh, Yoruba tribe. I've known like three or four Nigerian people and they always have a, like a long name and then they, they, they cut off like four or five letters of it in the yeah. front and they just call me that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like on purpose, but it's just what my parents would always call me. So I just stuck with it. Um, but I think like as I'm growing up now, whenever I have like interviews or whatever, like I try to let them know my full name. Cause I don't mm. want to be ashamed. Cause I'm, I'm the one telling my wife to use her full name. Her name is Afritina. Oh, okay. Know? But she sometimes would tell people her name is Tina, and I was like, "Use uh, your it's full the opposite, name." Cutting yeah, off the end then, of it. <laughs> yeah, but then I'm, I'm feeling like I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> so yeah, you kind of gotta like. It's hard to you gotta practice what you preach. You know, it's exactly. hard to tell someone to do something when they look at you and if you're not doing it. Exactly. Um, before we get too far into this, today I'm here with Tammy, a super talented digital artist, photographer. I'm very excited to chat with him. And uh, we've been, I think I met you probably, not met you, but we've been chatting like a, for a few months, I'd say, I think when you yeah. first introduced yourself. Yeah. I remember I found you off of, off of a reel on Instagram. I was mm -hmm. like, this guy's work is dope. <laughs> yeah, that's the... <laughs> And that's the power of that shit, cause like, yeah. so, you know, you can have reels that'll, you know, probably twenty or thirty, forty times the amount of reach and stuff they can get. But they can right. also, on the other end, if they're bad, they won't do anything at all. They won't, you know? Exactly, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like you gotta pick and choose. I think. Um, I I've just noticed. I, I'm sure you have too, since you work with, like Adobe and a lot of other stuff. Everything is just like, everyone wants video, even if you're like a painter or a, a still photographer, they're, they're always like, how can you make this into motion yeah, or video? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not like terrible, but I, I've just, I've been the person of like, I don't want, I don't like following trends or when like mm -hmm. Instagram says, oh, here's the way to reach more people. Right. It's just like, in a few months, in a, probably in a year or so, there's going to be something else, you know? Because yeah. initially it was, of course, posting, then it became hashtags, then it became um, video on your feed, then it became right. Instagram stories, then it became sharing on Instagram stories, mm -hmm. then it became Instagram TV, you know? Yeah. Then it became reels, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, if you just, I just feel like if I try to follow each time after a while you I'm just gonna keep up. yeah reels are cool yeah. but that's why i was asking you how you made yours because i liked how you made yours it wasn't like you were trying to be trendy but you were like very straight and concise and yeah. it was like something that people could take from that reel you know right so yeah one thing i realized about um like i'm pretty young but even younger generation is they don't like they don't like stuff to be produced it seems like like um, yeah 
if you sometimes like you try to make a reel or a video on YouTube's a different story, but on your phone, right. if it's like too professional, like it doesn't do well. Like they want you to be like recording it with your iPhone, like talking right. like in a selfie like style. And right. it's weird because it takes less effort, but at the same time, it takes more effort because you have to think like you have to think like someone that uh, looks through TikTok for like three hours a day. You know, you need to really right. capture their attention instantly. Yeah, no, that that is honestly true because, I mean, I, I think the best thing is finding, um, finding like what you actually like mm-hmm. and um, figuring out a way to teach people that skill. Right. You know, and um, yeah, and I feel like yours really hit it on the nail. Like the music was nice. The theme was nice, which is something I noticed with your type of reels you have like a theme like the blue note thing that you did mm-hmm. um and then some of your posters so yeah i think that's that's a good happy medium you know yeah, it was inspiring sure. seeing that because i was like okay finally someone <laughs> that thinks like me that has executed it well in a way that doesn't look like hey look at me look what i can do you know Yeah, I think that's the thing with all this stuff that's like on the internet. When you're a creator, an artist, there's always going to be trends and you don't want to, like if you don't partake in them, no one's going to be like, that guy's cool. He didn't do it. Like you're just going to lose out on, you know, whatever's going on. But if you go full on into it and then it kind of dies out, now you're left there with like all this shit you didn't even really like want to stand behind in the first place, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, what have you kind of been uh, up to this week so far? Working on um, anything? Yeah, this week I'm just catching up on a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. So I was in New York ending of September, early October. Um, and then I, ca- I came back last week. And so I've just been like catching up on all the work I have to do. Um, but right now, I think my last client work is due like the end of October so I'm in this space of like do I want to take November and December off mm-hmm. or do I just want to take December off so yeah. that's kind of where I'm at right now because the projects I'm finishing are really big and once it's done I feel like I just need to like sit down somewhere and just watch TV and not come <laughs> to the office yeah yeah I hear you yeah I mean I think it's good because sometimes I don't know. It's like hard. Like you never want, like taking breaks is so bittersweet because I always want to take breaks because you got to really like prioritize your, your mental health and make sure you don't get super burnt out. But Mm -hmm. it's, it just sucks how with the internet, especially like taking breaks can like really like damage your, uh, either like your business, like your sales, your, your, your following, your reach, like all this shit that like yeah, it doesn't matter, but at the same time, it does because that's how you're right. getting clients and that's how you're right. getting more more work or selling things. And yeah. I see people that are like some of the most talented designers that I know and they're very like, you know, I'll come in, come in and out and post or do this online every once in a while and they do not get the like credit they deserve because they're not like out there grinding on it every day because they just don't like it, you know? Right, and I think, you know, I, I think, for some, they, I, I know some talented like designers who probably come post five times a month, you right. know. And for them, it's it's never been like, oh, I gotta 
try to chase this high. It's like I'm more focused on what I'm doing in real life, mm-hmm. you know, than social media. Because, yeah, social media is like it makes you feel like, oh, I made this today. I have to post and share it today. You also become yeah. a slave to your followers, you know. That's and I know true. for myself, I I started like not sharing everything. Or if I wanted, and if I wanted to share something, I would sit on it for like a few days. Like the last post I did with the um, woman and the circle in her forehead, mm-hmm. I made that. I made that like last week, you know. Right. And I just posted it uh, early. I just posted it. Yeah, I posted it a week later, you know, because mm-hmm. I wanted to sit on it, enjoy it, relook at it, and not have to like show the world and be like, "Hey, I made this today. Check it out." you know right um so yeah but I, I definitely hear you like it doesn't matter the likes and the all of that stuff but it does matter in, in mm-hmm. some spaces you know i've done some work with clients and they've been like okay can you send us the insights you know how many oh, really? clicks yeah, yeah how many clicks did he have how many this how many that and i'm like dang because for me, I've turned off all my likes on Instagram. It's been a game changer. Me too. I like that. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't, you're looking at the art for what it is and not mm-hmm. like comparing. And so are other like, people. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you're not comparing how many likes this post has to the ones that you've done. You know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I recently made a video. It was like my 10 kind of ideas on like Instagram and what I think about it, like in the state it is now and like growing it. And the last one was like to hide the likes because uh, if you start looking at it that way, and even if it's something that you really love, like the, if it got less likes or something Mm -hmm. than one of your other things, it's going to like start being negative in your brain. And you're going to think like, well, maybe I shouldn't do that kind of style no more because people don't like it. But it's not that people don't like it. It's that people just want the same, you know? So if you, sometimes if you try something different, um, even if it's better, it's like, it's like people are like they get scared of change i think sometimes right yeah yeah. and i tell people like don't post anything that you're not proud of Mm -hmm. like i even for me i've posted something yeah like the adobe thing that i posted the skull that i thought was amazing i was like oh my god because i remember when they when the they first gave me the prompt i was like uh is that the young thug thing yeah the young thug the punk theme Mm -hmm. i was like i've never really done punk stuff before so i had to do research yeah. and but i was like how can i put in my style and it didn't do well you know with mm-hmm. the likes and stuff um because i had to like send them um what everything was like like the insights and stuff like that mm-hmm. and but i loved it and i still love it you know but right. if i was in the mentality of like oh only 700 likes or whatever dang you know um, I think that would make me look at the work differently and not even want to like continue to explore that theme or idea. So yeah. I remember when I posted it, I was proud of it. I didn't care what other people thought. Um, if they liked it, cool. If they didn't, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I loved it. So I yeah. saw that stuff. A lot of the people kind of partaking in that was that. So was that like a thing that people, um, like entered themselves or did Adobe like reach out to all these different people to like Yeah, so all these people entered all these people entered themselves, but Adobe oh, okay. um 
Adobe like reached out to a few like quote unquote influencers or designers oh, to okay, okay. make a rendition to kind of uh, make people go promote it. Uh, and shit. Yeah, to promote it exactly, and and yeah. and it worked. You know, a lot of people made their designs. A lot of people voted. Um, mm-hmm. Young Thug's album, I think it just came out, and so um, yeah, a lot of people had amazing things. Yeah, I'm always like, I don't know, I, I I always go back and forth on how I feel about the idea of like the whole like contest type thing because yeah, when you don't when you lose, it's like or don't get chosen. I guess you're not losing. You just created like a lot of stuff for free, you know. And it's kind of yeah, no, it's that's like true. a bummer. I feel like in those situations, whether it's if it's like a contest or a competition, like I always think of the fact that I'm creating, yes, I'm creating it f- uh, f- with this theme in mind, but I'm also creating it for myself. So right. if, I, if I win, cool. If I don't, cool, because now I have something and I was kind of like pushed. Because I think a lot That's of times true. when we, when people are applying for contest or whatever, a lot of the times they're being pushed to create something that they never thought they could make, mm. you know, which is a win in and of itself. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even for me applying to the Adobe Creative Residency, um, like I didn't know what to expect. And I just sent my stuff over and I was like, if I get it, awesome. If I don't, I'm st- I'm still going to be teaching because I was a high school teacher. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I have nothing to lose here. If mm-hmm. anything, now I know how to like explain my work to people, which I've never had to do before, you know? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. What, can you give me like a little bit of background on the whole thing with Adobe and the residency and like how you kind of, cause I see you do a lot of stuff with them and I've always mm-hmm. kind of, I've been looking into your stuff and wondered like how you kind of built that relationship with them. Yeah. So, um, the Adobe creative residency is a program that Adobe, um, started a few years ago to help kickstart, um, creative people's careers. Um, Mm. so for a whole year, you don't have to worry about money. You just have to worry about your craft. So they give you salary. Um, of course you're going to do some things for them here and there, but they want you to really hone in on your style. So when I was applying, I had to like pitch ideas. I had to pitch, um, what I was going to work on for a whole year. So I was like, okay. Um, my first pitch actually was photography because that's what I was doing at the time. But I was also doing design, but I wasn't as confident. I was doing like my poster day stuff and I was like, I'm not really that great. I don't know if I'll ever get in for this. But uh, when I applied, they gave me a call back and they're like, hey, we liked what you sent with your photography, but we have been looking at the stuff you've been doing with your poster stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. They're like, yeah, we like how you merge photography and design together. Can you repitch? us how you would do that for a whole year and i was like oh mm-hmm. snaps so i did so i i broke it into four categories so the first three months i was finishing up my poster day project the second one i went into fashion for the next three months the next three months after that i was working on uh music Mm-hmm. And in the last three months, I was working on sports. And the closeout for me, 
um, working on the sports, I got to design um, a poster for the last Oracle Arena, for the last game with the Warriors, San Francisco Warriors at the Oracle Arena in, in um, okay. Oakland. You know, and that's and when so, they were actually good. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. That that was a yeah. that was an amazing game. I will never forget. Um, but yeah, that's how the relationship started through that residency. The residency was mm-hmm. for a whole year, so I left teaching because of that. I had some friends that were in the residency, and I was able to watch and ask them questions. Um, but yeah, it was really rewarding because I mean, think about it. How many? People can say for a whole year, I didn't have to worry about money. I just had yeah, to worry about creating, that's cool. you know. And so, yeah. of course, pandemic happened. So they found different ways to still do it. Um, I think they picked like two main ones. And then they have like a few others that get to be in the residency in increments of three months. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, so... Yeah, so I definitely think it's something you should look into um, because it was amazing and it gave me a lot of like just freedom, you know. Right. I mean, that's like what you did is pretty much what probably thousands, if not millions, people just do for free, you know. Right. They're just trying to get good at something and they're risking it by not working as much. Because what I realized is whether you're an artist or like any type of creative, just if you really want to get into something, it's pretty hard to like half-ass it. Like, yeah, you can yep. be working a full-time job that isn't like creative, like to, right. if you need the money, I get that. But then you're only putting half the time into the, the craft. And it, I think exactly. sometimes you have to sacrifice like the money and like just, you know, hustle and kind of be broke for a while because you're never going to get the full potential. Like I know people that, for example, they play music and they're in bands and stuff, but they're still working so much that the band's not really, they don't practice Mm -hmm. as much anymore and all that because they're all too scared to just completely be poor and just work on music for a whole year, you know? But sometimes you got to really just risk it all like that. exactly yeah and you know just make time for your passions how many were in the like program or whatever when you did it yeah so when i was in there it was about seven of us Mm -hmm. i believe six or seven so you got chosen from like a pretty small like yeah selection yeah yeah they were four and they picked four from the u.s and three from europe and did you guys work Um, on like on a site or were you just at home both so we worked we flew to san francisco a lot Mm. and um whether it was training or mentorship or just being there and being like on adobe live adobe max all those things so that was that was fun um probably traveled like 40 50 percent of the time and then the rest Mm -hmm. was just um working from home um but we had a meeting with our i call her our residency mom julia tian Mm -hmm. um we met her we met with her like every week once a week for a whole year so she was like the mentor kind of yeah and she was like just uh checking in on us giving us tips we got books to read um yeah 
she would i remember her telling me because I, I always had this pressure of like i guess every week i need to make something crazy that i didn't make the week before you know mm-hmm. and she was like we just care about your growth we're not asking you to like make something ginormous every right. week you know yeah because that's like impossible <laughs> yeah it's not it's not realistic and yeah. i put that pressure on myself and i remember like almost coming to her crying because i was like yo this is where i'm at i am tired i don't know what mm-hmm. else to make i don't want to make something this week and then the next week i make something similar to it and you guys are not impressed she's like no right. all we care about is you growing and whatever that growth looks like as long as you're growing every week that's all we care about so that gave yeah me, that's good it just gave me freedom yeah yeah it's like people like that it's so important to talk to people that are supportive but also like like they push you but they don't push you to the point where you don't even want to do the thing anymore you know right that can happen if like with a lot of sports and stuff like some of the people are like so harsh that the like the kid or the person like whatever whatever they do sports practice art they won't even want to do it because they just get like yelled at or like you know put a lot of pressure and everyone's different that stuff some of that like style works for people like they like being you know like scared or like on edge because that's when they create their best work but most people i know like they don't want to they want to be feeling good when they're making shit not under hella pressure exactly because i mean you you create you'll be able to create from a joyful place Right. You know, cause I, even with client work, like, yes, there's pressure sometimes with deadlines and whatnot, but it's still mm-hmm. fun, you know, cause I'm mm-hmm. like re- creating something I really believe in, creating work for clients I really believe in, or even creating things for the people that are in my community, right. you know? Um, and so that gives me joy as well. Is a lot of your, like, how is your kind of workload divided these days? Is it? client work like just stuff for yourself how do you separate yeah. all that Oof, that's that's a that's a good question i think right now it's a lot of client work i think some i think client work with like me making posters i used to make a poster every day but i, I literally don't have time so yeah. now i just make a poster when i can mm-hmm. um but the goal is still to get to 365 so i can have a season two done and then mm-hmm. I'm hoping to make that into a book. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And so right now I'm also trying to get into fashion. So I have like a jacket that I made for my wife and I. And it has like my patterns and shapes and all of that in there. So I'm trying to find like a local tailor that can hopefully make like custom jackets. I'll probably have like 10. Mm-hmm. And once it's sold out, it's, sold, it's it's done, and then I'll do another run. Um, but yeah. those are things I have in my mind that I'm probably going to think more on when November hits, right? Mm. Um, right now, it's just full on, like, finishing up client work because these products yeah. are big. Some of them don't come out to next year. So I just want to get it over with in a good way mm. so I can just have some time to really brainstorm and... Um, come out in 2022 with like ideas and more vision yeah yeah and it, it gets hard to balance that stuff sometimes i know uh, for myself since i've been doing like 
way more than I ever did uh, the past few years in terms of like self-initiated stuff. So the podcast, the YouTube, just posting like, for lack of a better word, more content or whatever, right. like personal shit that right. sometimes I have it all blocked out in my calendar and I get a client proposition and I look and I think like how many, like should I sacrifice real jobs for something that's all like uh, in theory, like a dream or whatever. So it's hard to know. Right, like right. Once I get the money I need for the month, then I kind of turn down more stuff. Cause it's like, I look at all this other stuff I'm doing as kind of like an investment, you know, it's not giving me a ton of money right now or anything, right. but I want to build this out into a thing where all the work I do is just like uh, extra. Like I make enough income just from all this more passive kind of stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. No, that's that's an amazing goal and mindset, honestly, because um, like for where I'm at in my career is just I've realized I need to hire people. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be like for design, but like someone who can help me make videos people have asked me to make classes and i haven't had right. time well let me not say i haven't had time i haven't made time but when companies like skillshare reached out to me it's like oh yeah let's do a class because they shot it and mm -hmm. i just gave them what i wanted to teach yeah that's and I, nice <laughs> yeah you know and i'm like man i need someone like that because i am so caught up with work um mm -hmm. And me being an immigrant and coming from Nigeria to America with nothing, it just makes like, I have this almost like, uh, this mentality of like, I have to make sure we have enough, you mm -hmm. know, enough money. Yep, I understand that. You know, and so, uh, so sometimes it's been hard to say no. You know, I even have, I have a financial advisor, I have a good CPA, and I still mm -hmm. have that mentality, you know? And yeah. thank thankfully my wife has tried to like, help me enjoy life, you know? Right. Cause I am like, what's next? Gotta do this, mm -hmm. gotta do this, gotta do that. Um, but now I'm at a phase where, okay, there's like enough money that I can take two, three months if I wanted to off and really focus on what I want to focus on. However, yeah, it's hard. Because even last mm -hmm. year, I took November and December off. But then in December, the Oscars reached out. And so it's like, what yeah. do you do? <laughs> do you like, do you say, no, yeah. I'm, I'm resting? Or do you like take the opportunity? Can't tell so him I to wait. It. You know? <laughs> yeah, you can't tell him to wait. Yeah. So they respected my, I told them I was taking a break, but they were like, okay, you know, if you can get this to us like the first week in January, I was like, okay, but I was too excited. Mm -hmm. So after Christmas, I just opened up my laptop and started making stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and it always happens. Every time I take those, like, and the thing with, with this November and December is a lot of these companies will have you work, will work you to the bone mm -hmm. and then they take a break during winter and you don't yeah. get paid until they come back in January, mm. you know? And it's like yeah, that, and that's the thing I think a lot of people don't talk about. So for me, when January hits, I start saving for November and December. Um, because yeah, I don't, I don't want to deal with those things unless the product is like the Oscars, like, yeah, I'll <laughs> risk everything, yeah. you know? <laughs> 
but yeah i think that i i have that mindset similarly i'm not an immigrant but i grew mm -hmm. up like pretty poor especially for the area i lived in i was like yeah the poorest person in a not so bad area you know so right. like everyone had everything and i did right. it so i right. always had like this kind of chip on my shoulder and very uh like scarcity mindset like that and yep i'm in by no means like rich or anything now but i'm comfortable enough to live in where I, in la and pay rent right. but i still like every time i get money instead of like using it i just think like all right this is for rent in six months you know and i'll keep putting right. it away because i'm like scared <laughs> that one month i'm not going to have any work or something right yeah and i'm i'm, I'm glad that i'm not alone because i mean i've talked to a few other people about this and it's like in this freelance career that that thought of like when's the next job coming it's always going to mm -hmm. be there you know yeah. even if even if you have a retainer you're like okay so when is this gonna end because mm -hmm. they're not gonna right they're not gonna have me on retainer for the rest of my life you know mm -hmm. and so it's like we're just trying to figure out like okay what's what's next like how can i make ends meet and i think a lot of people once they see money they're like oh i have this much so the next mm -hmm. one's gonna come and it's like sometimes even in my yeah. career like this summer I think for a month and a half, two months, no work came in. And it was good because I got to like really rest and go on vacation and whatnot. But yeah, I part a little a part of me was like, um, what's happening? I remember texting my agent, like, hey, I think my streak is up. You know, <laughs> I think the streak of everyone hiring me is over and I need to just go sit right. down somewhere and start praying. You know, so um yeah, I, I definitely I definitely empathize with you there. Like it's it's tough, but I, my financial advisor has helped me out with like money. So now I've, I've started to invest some of the money so that it just That's doesn't good, see yeah. in my bank account um, and things like that. Yeah, because when you leave money, when you save money, uh, it loses more money than it loses like value. Using it, yeah, you know? <laughs> so every literally every year. So when he told me that, he was like, "Yeah, you have." You need to take some of this money and put it into investments. And then my CPA is helping us try to save money on taxes. Because, like, if you reach different brackets, the taxes are, are terrible. Right. And if you, you're not you, careful. It's like you, sometimes you lose uh, more money by making more money. Making more <laughs> money. Yep. That's why when I see people, like, <clears throat> when I see people, like, celebrate, like, oh, yeah, I just, I just reached my first million. Yeah. Like. I'm that's happy only for like 600,000 though. <laughs> exactly, right? And if you're in yeah. if you're in LA or New York, that's like 500k or less. Right. You know. Right. It's pretty crazy. I think uh do you you were talking about uh, hiring, you know, the financial people and having the people make videos for you and stuff. Do you ever cuz I feel this way, do you ever feel that you can't um like I don't know how to give up uh tasks to other people. Like I want to do oh. everything even though I don't have time for it. Oh, bro that is me that is yeah. literally me right now and it's so crazy you said it that way like you can't give up tasks i never thought of it like that i was just like so right now like some dreams that i have of course is like the clothing the book mm -hmm. um updating my behance my linkedin my website with new work mm -hmm. um and my print shop you know and i do all of this myself I haven't even touched right. LinkedIn. I haven't even updated um, my Behance with work from the Oscars or Foot Locker or um, 
Adobe, all of these different products that I've done that could bring me more visibility. I just right. haven't done that. And so I was talking to my wife. I was like, man, I need, I need an assistant, like someone that is going to kind of handle th- those things for me. But mm-hmm. I'm like, man, do I really want to give them my password? You know, or yeah. do, you know, or do I? Yeah, yeah. Because some people have talked about like, hey, well, why don't you just give someone your Instagram and they can you tell them what to post and they post it. I was like, mm-hmm. that's too much. I always that's think I would spend as much time uh, making sure it's like correct as it's, as if I were to just exactly. do it myself, you know. But the thing I've heard is like, if you do that, you only have to do it once. You train someone mm. or you make a curriculum and you train the person. And once you train them, you can have them write down, write those curriculums for you. Right. And then when they leave, when the next person comes in, you say, hey, here's the pamphlet. Here's how we work. Here's what you should train do them up. if you have any questions. Train them up. Yeah. And so it's just that first time of training. And for me, it's also the trust. Like, do I want this person to know how much I'm making by giving them access mm-hmm. to my emails? Right. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're paying them, then they may Ex- feel like... You exactly. Know, people sometimes may feel like resentful or something. If uh, yeah, and I'm, I, I, I honestly don't understand that part, because I'm like, I'm paying you for the job that you're doing for me, but I'm still the one that has to go find the job. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, and like so, paying someone doesn't like a, a job's value is is what it is. It shouldn't be based off of how exactly, much money how the much person paying the you has. Making, you know? Exactly. And so yeah. I've thought about like, okay, I can have an assistant that can do my emails, but then I have an agent. So I'm like, do I really need someone to do my emails? I can just forward the email to my agent. Um, yeah. But I think the hard part right now is finding someone that is good in Illustrator, InDesign, Photoshop, words, like writing. Like, like I, copy? I tell them, uh, yeah, like copy. Like I yeah. tell them, Here's what the project was all about. Can you write this out? And uh, because that's the part I yeah, hate. that's what I, I want. One of those people. Yeah, I can't do that <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm starting to think like maybe I wonder if Fiverr has that where yeah. you can hire someone to do copyright for you. But that's the thing. Because for me, if you go to my website, like my website is amazing. I love the person that did it. She's she's so dope. But when I was like sending her the stuff of ex- trying to explain what each of the projects were it was just it was just weird it was like i was hired by blah 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 to do blah 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 for this campaign it's Mm -hmm. like what else do i say oh yeah this campaign was to include blah 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 and it just became redundant you know i always um like when i write in my portfolio i always uh not on purpose obviously but i always undervalue like what i did like it, mm. it'll be like some big project and I'm like, right. this is what we made, you know, but I don't say like, <laughs> you know, we did this, we shot this, we worked right. with these people. It was this and this. And like, that's something that school taught me uh, with the professors. Like they would really tell you like, what are you talking about? Like you just made this, like you didn't even show like any of the stuff that went into like the strategy or like the mm-hmm. sketching and all these things. And like, as you get, more developed you don't have to like prove yourself as much in your portfolio but when you're starting out you should definitely show that like you're doing a lot of stuff especially if it's like like uh you work at a job as like an employee as a designer 
right you you do a lot at that so like make mm -hmm. sure you write that like make sure you put we were working with the i was emailing the clients too and all this stuff because like just showing that you made like a graphic for social media that won't look as powerful as if you talk about how you like ran the campaign for it and all this right stuff. yeah no that's 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 good and like amazing because i think another issue a lot of college students who are starting design end up doing is they like almost over talk what they did you know mm -hmm. and then when the client when another client says hey i want to hire you for this you're like oh shoot uh i didn't do that part you know i've had <laughs> yeah you know I've, I've had people who worked at agencies and they did like a typeface for the client right. but the agency had an art director that led the whole campaign but then mm -hmm. they go and they take the whole campaign and go to their website and put it on the website and says that they did it mm. You know, I was just talking and, about this with the people that uh, I did the podcast with last. Uh, mm -hmm. They were talking about how you'll see a big campaign and it'll be in like 40 people's portfolio, you know, that right. they all did it pretty much. They all did the it agency. and it's like, come on. And it's like, I'm not saying they can't do that, but I think make sure that you're honest and talk about what you did. If you just did a typeface, mm -hmm. that's fine. Like the Foot Locker thing, like it, it was probably like 60 people, but it was mm -hmm. two agencies and me so i was i right. was art directing the whole thing and did all the designs but then there was the projection mapping company who i partnered with and so they took my designs and projected them on the court and put uh, uh composed a lot of the stuff together to kind of make it cohesive right make it a visual language and then the agency um helped with the whole campaign of typeface, figuring mm -hmm. out how it was going to be uh, published on Twitch, uh, figuring out ideas of how to make it interactive and stuff like that. And so that made right. it a lot of fun. Um, but you don't see me on my website going like, yeah, Full Locker, and it's just me. Like if you scroll, I right. think I have it on the top or bottom. I have like the names of the um, the agencies, what they did and what I did. And so it's like, yeah, I that's think good. that's how things should always be. I was, I was going to ask you earlier, I just forgot to get to it with your style. Like it's, I've noticed it's very, um, like it's very digital art, but at the same time, it has a lot of analog elements in it, like with mm -hmm. the way you cut, cut people out and stuff. Right. Like it's more collage uh, right. style. When did you kind of start experimenting with that look? Was that during the residency and stuff yeah so that was during the residency on my website i have like my first posters my first year of making posters mm -hmm. and ah uh, it's terrible <laughs> absolutely terrible i mean let me let me not say that i think i think then when i made it it was the best thing i ever made you know and i was right. so proud i love that's good that. though you're growing yeah i remember the first poster i made my friend showed me how to make glass texture and I was like, you can mm -hmm. do this in Photoshop? Oh, snaps. You know, yeah. and then the second one was like a picture I found on on uh, on Google of Kanye West and Jay-Z and I just turned those into posters. But back then I wasn't thinking big, right? Again, it was just mm -hmm. a passion project, it was for fun. I wasn't trying to print. Then people started asking me about printing and I was like, okay, well, I can't print this Kanye West piece. I don't have the rights to the picture. 
And if you look at, and then it's like for a lot of those posters for the first year, I literally could not print a lot of them because I wasn't thinking that big. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. And so even now I want to make a book of this, of the, of both seasons, but I can't do that. So I'm like, maybe I'll make a best of season one and then season two, I can actually have like a best of season Mm. two or do the whole compilation. Because for season two, I've been very, very strict, making sure I'm using like Adobe Stock, um, Unsplash yeah. images, um, images. I'm sure you I've have taken. a lot of your own too, right? Yeah, yeah. images yeah. I've taken, images people have sent me, um, and then I still have like celebrity ones that I've made just for fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And I share it because the celebrity has done something that impacted my life or something that right. I was really proud that they did like uh Michaela Cole um when she won the Emmys and so it's like things like that I was like okay mm-hmm. I'm going to make a poster of her to commemorate this day and this event and this moment um yeah a lot but, of people I know they uh they do on it cuz on Instagram you can make a poster with Kanye or you can make a poster mm-hmm. using a photo it's not yours it's not Someone may not be happy about it down the line right. or whatever right. if they find out, but it's not really like going to get you in that much trouble per se. But I right. always try to not do that, even though you can. And even though it makes it easier to use right. shit that you're not allowed to, I try right. not to that way. I don't run into like what you're saying. Like I want to be able to print shit. There's, I have the same issue. There's some stuff where I'm like, well, damn, like I don't even, that typeface <laughs> isn't even allowed for like commercial use. So I can never right. print this poster, even though it's the one that everyone wants, you know, right, it's like a right. bummer. So you got to try to, like, I only use Unsplash nowadays because, or a few of the other ones like Pexels and all that shit. But because mm-hmm. it, I don't know, like it, it makes it more challenging for sure because you, you're working within their library. But yeah, I think it's worth it because it pushes you and, it's uh like future proof. It'll always be able to be sold. Yeah, I was do. I was using Unsplash for a while. I still sometimes use it, but with where I'm at in my career and the type of work that I do now, I've had some. Cl- I've lost some gigs because the image was from Unsplash because mm. the client was so big. Because so right now a, a lot of some of the clients that I have, I've been like, hey, we want to license this poster that you made, you know, because you're like, mm-hmm. okay, you don't have time to design what we want you to design. Can we just license this one or this one? And right. they're like, okay. They're like, okay, where'd you get the images from? It's like, on Splash. It's like, okay, what are the rights to it? Who shot it? Do you have the uh, photo release form? Do you have the photographer's name? Mm. And then you get on Splash, you find a photographer's name, they email the photographer. The photographer says, no, I want to cut. And now mm. they're not trying to pay. So now they're like, Tammy, are you willing to pay this person out of what we pay you? And so it's this whole thing. So I started like being really, really strict on using Adobe Stock. Even my agent was like, try to stick with Adobe Stock if you can. Um, but for my poster stuff, um, I use Adobe Stock unsplash and images that I've taken. But I think the difference between this poster and last and the last poster was the last poster, the last season when I was making posters, um, I used more unsplash 
and less right. like Adobe stock. Whereas this time I'm using more Adobe stock and not as much on Splash. Or if I use on Splash, as long as it doesn't have a person's face mm-hmm. or recognizable features, then yeah, like I would go also, to Unsplash you, for like paint textures and stuff like that. You run into, like I see online sometimes, I'm like, oh, I know that picture, you know? Cause yeah, like yeah, everyone yeah. used it from Unsplash <laughs> yeah. and it'll be like a, like a big ad. Like I always see this one specific one. I'll throw it up on the video if I find it. It's like mm-hmm. this like guy in an orange beanie and he's looking like kind of like a hipster and I always see it in all these like learn how to code or like go to design school yeah. and it's just like this one guy yeah. and I'm like damn everyone just got that same picture from Unsplash. Yeah I know I personally would never put my picture on Unsplash because it Unsplash theoretically should not be a thing. It should not make right. sense as an artist to put your stuff on there. I've I mean seen you don't get like, really anything out of it at all. Yeah I mean you get exposure, you get to put on your Instagram bio that you were on Splash number one most downloaded picture photographer. Right. But I've never looked, I've honestly never went and looked up someone's work because I got one of their photos on Unsplash. I don't think <laughs> it, I've ever done that once. Ex- exactly. And so, um, and it's like you're, and I'm, it's like 99% of the time, the people that they took pictures of that they put on there never gave them a, uh, photo release, mm, even though like if it's a model or whatever. That, yeah, because I've seen. I mean, I've seen celebrities. I've seen Keith Cuddy. <laughs> I've seen um, who else did I see? Um, I think I saw like Jay Z or Kanye West or another rapper on there at a concert. Really? And I was like, Oh, what right, people? right. Yeah, I was like, What is people doing? Like, that's okay. Yeah, you took the picture, but. If the artist sees you, they can come back and uh, right. They can come back and sue you. So um, yeah, like this this next phase of things, you know. Right now I'm on like poster 146, and sometimes I'm trying to I think about like just giving it a new name um, mm-hmm. instead of a poster a day because I think it's it's deceiving now because I don't do it every day. Right. But I'm like, well, it could be a poster for that day <laughs> you know yeah, and then yeah. another day a poster for that day so i'm still thinking about it because online i mean the the link is there and has been there for years mm-hmm. you know so why uh why do you use um black and white mostly or only yeah i, I use don't know I use, I use black and white because um it gives me the ability to pick my colors I found myself mm-hmm. like being constrained to like the color on the picture. And so when I started mm-hmm. like designing on top of the outfits, I was like, oh snaps, I'm onto something here. And when I made it black and white, now I had the freedom to really change the color. And you know, color is like, I think color is like my superpower in the type of work mm-hmm. that I do. And so color and imagination. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm putting things where probably they wouldn't normally go or giving outfits a different type of feel. Um, right. And yeah, it has like a, it has like collage inspiration, the way things are cut out, the way I'm able to like infuse coloring things. But um, I've always like tried to steer away from calling myself like a collage artist because I feel like I'm not, I feel like I, I wouldn't be as respect. No, it's not about me. I think 
I just don't want um, to offend the people in that community because I've seen like mm. some amazing collage artists where they're right. not even using like colors, just all cutouts, mm. you know? Whereas for me, I like, I cut out, but then I bring color in there and things like that. And so, um, right. So yeah, right now, I think I just call myself like a multidisciplinary creative, you know, and right now I'm trying to get into the fashion space by 2022 because this year I made something mm -hmm. for Peloton. Next year, uh, I partnered up with another company to make some apparel and um, I'm like, why can't I make my own? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, because people love the Peloton, like uh some sold out in uh europe uh the day of the launch and they're still oh nice there's still some on the website and they're never gonna like remake them so it's like once it's gone it's gone but mm -hmm. when i saw the feedback and people wearing it and my wife when my wife wore it i was like oh snaps <laughs> like yeah, yeah. okay we're on to something um and so yeah i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping i'll have time but it's like this november december like if I'm brainstorming 2022, am I really resting? Right. You know? Yeah, it's hard to completely, like even when I uh, do leisure activities sometimes, I think about it as like, oh, this is just an essential break to get more work done or something like some bullshit yeah, like yeah, that. Like yeah. it, sometimes it gets really hard to, like I'll read, I've been trying to read a lot more, but I'm mm -hmm. reading like nonfiction, like learning shit. So it's not really relaxing. I'm like taking notes right. and like trying, <laughs> like it's like about finance and all this stuff, you know? So it's yeah. not like, I don't know. Um, but I just want to, one more thing about your kind of style. I think with the color, it makes sense. I, I wasn't thinking of it from you don't want to use a color to clash with it, but that, mm -hmm. that makes a lot more sense now. But mm -hmm. I think uh, it's so recognizable because you use a lot of um, subject matter that have like darker complexion. It'll have mm -hmm. super high contrast. So the yeah. the blacks are so dark and rich. Mm -hmm. And then you put the color on top of that. Like, yeah, it's kind of hard to not like get... Um, super like into the color you know because right. it just pops so hard off of like the the contrast this, like that yeah and I, I think the message that i've been trying to convey through my work is that black is a beautiful canvas our skin mm -hmm. is beautiful you know i struggled with loving the skin that i was in for a long time mm -hmm. it wasn't until high school that i was like you know what god didn't make me black for no reason like he did that intentionally mm. and who am i to say that what god created is not good um right and so uh it, it's kind of like therapeutic for me to be able to create work uh featuring people that look like me in a light that is creative um that gives this sense of power this sense of royalty this sense of like belonging mm. relatability um and like just this sense of like wow and even now that as i'm learning illustrator which is why i posted what i posted a few days ago um mm -hmm. i'm sticking to black <laughs> you know yeah. as the and then using like um using shadows and highlights to kind of help you see the face you know right and i'm hoping i get better in that in that so that I can like actually start adding a whole outfit and stuff to it, 
Mm -hmm. um, because I think that would that would be so helpful um, because it would make it would make things like really look even more vibrant you know um, right. I've like this December will be 10 years in my creative career and so I'm like hmm what should I like do I'm thinking of doing like a um what is it limited print making okay. like 10 copies of it that I'm never gonna that I will never ever print again to commemorate mm -hmm. um this special moment um oh for 10 so, years you mean yeah for 10 years oh, 10 yeah, years that's cool 10 posters uh yeah i, I still would I, they be I the same don't... or different i've seen um ah. do you know who mm -hmm. ferocious is He's yeah, like this yeah nft yeah. artist yeah he did the like it was a uh, with the Christie's or whatever, he did this like mm -hmm. 13 years of my life or whatever. And each piece was a physical print and an NFT and then like a acrylic painting or whatever. But wow. it was cool because each one was different, but each one was like one of one, you know, but all together yeah. it was like 13 pieces or whatever. So something like that could be cool. You could do yeah. first year, second year, third year, so on. Yeah, that would be, that would be amazing, you know, because... It's like when I started though, I wasn't in this. I wasn't really doing design, so yeah, I'm like trying to think back on like if I could even find those images and make something off of it, or if I can do from like 2016 to uh, 2021 and make and get like two posters that I made every year. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, but it's just it's just crazy because I'm like I'm in this style now that I'm like I should just make ten from where I'm at, you know. Mm, so right. I'm still I'm still thinking about it or make like or make like two posters and do five copies each or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. It's I, I I just haven't had time to like really sit down and think about it. But right. the more the more I think about like, dang, I'm really about to hit ten years. The more I'm like, mm -hmm. I need to figure something out. When did you start that time? Like, because I always have trouble explaining to people. Like, they say, how many years of experience do you have? I don't know where to start that. Do I start it yeah. once I graduated? Do I start it when I started getting clients? Do I start it when I had fucking uh, stolen version of Photoshop in high school? You know, <laughs> where does it begin? Yeah, I think it, I think it literally begins when you literally started. I think sometimes yeah. society has made it feel like, well, did you really start if you if you like were using like a pirated version of Photoshop, or did yeah, you really yeah. start when you graduated? You know, right. or did you really start when you start in clients? Numbers. Yeah, there's a yeah, big yeah. difference in numbers, of course, um, but. For me, it's just always, it has always been, when did the journey start? And it started in 2011 mm -hmm. for me because I switched my major from biomedical engineering. I was 19. I'm going to be 29 okay. this, uh, this December. Yeah. And um, went to college 2010 with biomedical engineering major. Then 2011, I was like, hell no. This is not, <laughs> yeah. this is not for me. 
and yeah. I did it. To, I did it to make my make my parents happy. Um, was there a lot of pressure on you, like oh, kind of yeah. to do like a yeah. STEM major? Yeah, yeah. In our culture, lawyer, doctor, nurse, accountant, engineer. Mm-hmm. Those are the five pillars of success. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I have been playing music since I was ten. So I was like, I was trying to play keys and study keys at college. My dad was like. We didn't come from Nigeria to America for you to go to school to study music, you know. And <laughs> yeah, back then, yeah. I was like, "Are you?" It's like, "Are you?" It's like, "What?" Like, I can still, I can study music and be successful. But looking back, right. I can, I can see why he thought that. Um, but 2011, I switched, and I was like, "This is it." You know, people told me I had an eye because I was shooting with the iPhone 3G, and I was like, just trying things out. Um, mm-hmm. trying different apps and people were like you have an eye and I remember my friend uh, told me, he was working at Best Buy and he was like hey we have a camera for $360 and I had $365 in my bank so I, I I sent him the money he got it for me I was happy but I was broke <laughs> right um, was it just like a was, little DSLR from the time yeah it, it was a it was Nikon out? D3100 and I still have I the first album. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I still yeah. have the first the first album that I made uh, all these images with. Um Hell yeah. On, on Facebook. And I use it for all the talks I have. And mm-hmm. it's just been like it's been amazing to be able to look back. And I'm glad I did that because whenever I do speaking events, I think people kind of see their humanity in my work and mm-hmm. in me because I think sometimes they right. see where I'm at and they take that humanity out you know you see people yeah. in this caliber working with all these clients and it's like unconsciously you're, you don't see them as human you see them as like they're above you and I'm like no guys we're all here we're all human mm-hmm. um, yes more people are looking at my work than they might be looking at yours it does not make me more valuable than you and mm-hmm. so that's what I've always been trying to preach. Um, I've had people DM me, and when I reply, they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you were going to reply. And I just, <laughs> yeah, like, dang. Like, why does society make it that way? Because you have X amount of followers, you're too busy for people. Right. And so there's sometimes where I surprise people, like they would message me, and I'll reply back, but I'll reply back with a video, you know, just to mm. break that barrier. Some Gary Vee shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like some, yeah. like, hey, I'm human. I'm here. Thank you so right, much. Right. I really appreciate the kind words um, and stuff like that. And, you know, I have so many stories from how me replying a message to someone, like, really ma- uh, made a connection with me and that person. Mm-hmm. You know, right. to the point that one was a kid in high school and I was able to get in touch with his teacher and send him a free print. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's dope. And yeah. yeah, and it's just because the kid was brave enough, brave enough to DM me and, and tell me how much my work has inspired him. Right. Yeah, I had someone send me like, I get a few messages nowadays uh, from people mm-hmm. just saying like, oh, I watch the podcast or channel or whatever. And uh, I had someone send me like a voice message on Instagram saying similar things, but 
since they sent it that way, I felt that I had to do the same thing. So I've never sent a voice <laughs> message, but I was like, oh man, like, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, never sent one of these before, but when you, re- when you give someone a certain energy, it's hard for them not to reciprocate it. You know, if, if you approach exactly. someone with a lazy templated message about how that you look up to them but it looks fake like why you're not gonna get a good response but if you exactly you know give it some context and speak from the heart everyone's just people so they're not gonna it'd be like some people like i I don't know how people don't check their messages you know like i don't see how i'll ever i don't think i'll ever be at a point where i'm like too good to look at messages you know exactly yeah and you know I've, I've, I get a lot. And so for me, I take it in strides. Like I try to reply to the ones that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if, if for whatever reason it's been like a month or two and I don't see it anymore, you know, like if they reply, if they send another message and it comes to the top, like I'll reply to that. But yeah, I'm not like perfect, but yeah. I definitely do the best that I can to like, get to as many people as i can um because Mm -hmm. i think it's important to i don't want success to change me you know i was a very approachable person before all of this and i want to continue to be that type of person um and so like even when i go speak like if people you know people have wanted to talk to me after and we've made some time to talk or um Mm -hmm. Um, or do like a Zoom call or Google Hangout, like let's let's make it happen, you know. But of course, I have to like set boundaries as well, right? You know, because some people would try to like pitch you their brand or their company and thinking like you're like you're that gateway to their success for their company, mm. you know. And sometimes right. I'm like, man, don't put. Don't put your success of your company on me because you'd be disappointed. I mean, some things I do <laughs> yeah, yeah. go well. Some things I do do not. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of my stance on that. What? Um, when did you start? I guess when and how did it come about that you started doing the Instagram live like design, design oh, visionaries? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So Black Design Visionaries is um, is a program that Instagram started um, to help the Black community, Black designers in the Black community. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened June 15th, and there was a grant um, that you could apply to. They were going to pick three winners. Um, and um, like one Black company or agency or something that they'll give $100,000 to. So... It was, it was a really, really amazing um, opportunity. A lot of people, a lot of people applied. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, when when the program was coming up, you know, they were looking for a host, and my name oh, okay. came up on the table because um, I've worked with Ad Design before on some stuff in the past, and so yeah, I didn't even know that like, existed. Oh, I saw like Ad Design, y- I was y- like, what the yeah. hell is this? <laughs> like it's it's crazy, right? I didn't know it existed till yeah. last year. And I don't know if last year was the first time they actually made that, but um, I thought it was—I thought it was amazing. And so they pitched the idea of me hosting it. I had to host. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have one more left, which is going to be with the winners. So I'm really excited about that. Um, oh, cool! But yeah, and it was very chill. Like 
it was exciting for me because I got to also look for designers in the black community that I may not have known or talked to. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of people. And so I was able to talk it with the team and figure out who, um, because we wanted to make it very diverse, like not just graphic design. You know, the mm-hmm. one year today, uh, Thaddeus Hippie Potter, um, his he does like illustration, but also like animation as well. Um, mm-hmm. Vic Adesami, the one before him, uh, she does set design. Um, and then I'm trying to think it was before her. There was Jade Purple Brown. She does illustration. Um, yeah. There's Sango. Sango does music. Um, you know, and so there's just there's just so many different um, things and spaces within Black um, design. And we just wanted to talk about like the fears that we all have, the our stories to success, how we can help each other. And I was just honored that they had me in mind to be a host. I've never hosted anything before. So yeah. it was it was really interesting, but fun. Yeah, that's cool. And I think I'm going to need to look through some of them more and see, maybe get some of them on the podcast. Um, yeah. I, uh, I've noticed this and like at first I thought, because I noticed I've done, I've been trying, I try to branch out. I don't just do graphic designers, even though that's what I do. I right. like to just... I call this like interview with creatives is like the subtitle because as it grows, I don't ever want to be limited to like, I want to be able to have on like a writer, you know, or whatever. It may be someone that just does something creative. And I noticed like it wasn't obviously by design, but I've done maybe 40 something episodes and booking guests and meeting different people. Like I've only known like one or two black graphic designers. And I think it's crazy because like there's so many of them, but like it's such a white dominant like uh yeah. field that like they're hard to find and i was like for a while i was like i hope no one thinks i'm like doing that shit on purpose because i just like they don't <laughs> yeah, exist no. it seems like you just like but then you see other pages and you're like you see people like looking through like this hippie potter guy like this shit's dope and yeah. i wouldn't have known that if you probably didn't make the right the, um live chat yeah and and you know the thing is like the black designers are out there. We're here. You know, I think that mm-hmm. a lot of issues with a lot of agencies is like, they don't want to look. Mm-hmm. They're comfortable with, uh, you know, finding, the, for lack of a better word, the la- the white designers out there, you know. Right. And black people have to, we have to work twice as hard for everything, literally, mm-hmm. you know, because we're, we're, we're not being looked at. And it, it sucks because we sh- deserve the same opportunities as everyone else, you know? Yeah. And my thing has been like, okay, well, I'm not going to sit here and wait <laughs> for white people yeah. to hire me. I'm going to continue to create and uh, bring my black friends along and we're going to mm-hmm. make amazing things. And if it's just for our people, then so be it, you know? And I just happen to have kind of struck gold being able to still create what I create for my community, but also mm-hmm. helping different brands. And so now the brands that come to me, they definitely know what they're getting. So a lot of them right. are like, okay, well, we can't come to Tammy about like a white conference, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, 
Yeah. You can come to Tamiya about a conference that has to do with diversity, a conference that right. wants to bridge the gap um, between uh, racism in America, um, mm-hmm. colorism in America. Like, those are the type of, like, I've worked with Facebook before and um, they they had a, I forgot the name of the program, but they had a program they wanted me to help, like, brand and stuff. And it was it was a way for them to be able to teach um black and latino um business owners how to run their business and give mm. them the resources and when they came yeah. to me it was like duh you know right or AT&T. it's cool you get to work on that stuff too because it's like uh it not only are you working with these huge clients but you're not you're not having to sacrifice like your um morals My, or like what yeah. you believe in you know Exactly, because I, I feel like I've gained such a trust with the people that look up to me that I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I continue to uphold my values and my morals. And so I never want to be right. like a, a sellout, you know. But the even with the Oscars, like, you know, the Oscars, uh, the statue is gold, mm-hmm. but I made mine black, mm. you know, and... That was a conversation I had to have with them. I remember calling them. I was like, hey, you know, this is not working out. <laughs> um, I was like, you know, I make my things black and white. Um, the prompt was what the movies mean to you. And I was like, well, movies to me means representation. I love to see mm-hmm. our stories being told by people that look like us. Right. Not a black story being told by a white director, but a black story being told by a black director, black writer black actors mm-hmm. um and so that's why i made the the statue black and i was like okay well some people are probably not probably going to miss the message so i put black on the neck you know mm-hmm. and it was also a way um for me to like grab the attention of the black writers black actors black cinematographers um black dps at the oscars Right. when they see the artwork because I, f- I wanted them to see themselves you know mm-hmm. and let them know like look whether you win tonight or not like i see you thank you yeah you know that's dope. and you know like uh daniel kalia saw it gave it g- gave a shout out uh, was it for his it. movie was that was what was going on at the oscars yeah 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 when he came when yeah when he when he got his oscars for um black pa- no wasn't wasn't was it black panther it's the I forgot what it's called, but yeah, it's the it Black Panther recent Party. One, right? Yeah, it's the recent one. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, when he got that, he was like, "Man, the art here." You know, Judas and, and it the was Black just, Messiah. That one, right? Exactly. Yeah, Judas and the Black yeah, Messiah. Okay. Um. But yeah, he was like, "Man, who who made these arts? Like, the art here is amazing, and it's like mm-hmm. that's what I wanted it all to be about." You know. Yeah. Um, and when that's, I told them this, rough. like they were like, "Oh my gosh, we love it!" I was like, "Okay, awesome!" Mm-hmm. And I made it, and then they made mine the because they picked seven artists, but they made mine the um, the TV ad for it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like we. I just feel like this this was a moment where a black artist, because you know they had the whole Oscar so white, you know mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah, and this roster was pretty diverse. You know, there was uh, mm. Quran, there was um, Mal- 
I forgot I forget her name. Malvir Favre or something like that. She's she's an amazing artist, but um, I don't know. I don't even watch the Oscars if I'm being <laughs> honest. That shit's yeah. boring to me. <laughs> yeah, all, all all my friends are like, look, I don't watch the Oscars, but yeah, we're watching tonight. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's like, it's it's important to me to continue to share our stories and our narratives and create people that look like me. So I am. I'm all for everything black, but also for um, minorities, you know, mm-hmm. and helping our voices to be heard in whatever capacity and way possible, you know. And I think yeah. me um, moving towards like making a book, fashion, um, I think there's some interesting stories that can be told from those uh, mediums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with a combination of all you were just saying and what you were saying earlier about showing uh, the subject matter like as royalty and like powerful mm-hmm. and black like excellence and things, I think that that's so important. I never realized how important that was until I started talking to not only some black friends that I know, but uh, Mexican and Asian. It's like mm-hmm. they didn't even, some of them say like when they were kids, especially their parents, they didn't even know that they could be actors or be this because they never saw one until right like a certain until there was like the first person to do it and then they were like holy shit like um i know like for koreans like uh, the dude that's in the walking dead like he was like that was like one of the biggest things of like our modern for like Mm -hmm. representation of asian americans because it was serious and it wasn't like an accent you know and all like exactly like they weren't joking about it or anything and it's crazy because when you're growing up, I'm half Mexican, but I'm super light skinned. So I'm mm-hmm. pretty much, I'm just white, you know, in America, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone thinks I'm white. So I never really like thought about it that way until you get older and you're like, damn, it's a whole different way to look at media, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, if, if you think about like a lot of the white kids, like they had the world in their hand. They saw themselves everywhere. You know, they saw themselves on TV in prestige roles. They saw themselves in board meetings. They saw themselves as CEOs of big million dollar, billion dollar companies. Mm-hmm. But minorities, we didn't we didn't really see a lot of that growing up. And we just thought like, okay, well, I guess the best I can do is be a um you know, be like a worker for these big companies, but never be like mm-hmm. the actual person that can make those big decisions. Or know? like, and what about, how do you feel about sports then? Do you think that that's why, like, you think a lot of maybe young black people uh, look up to like being successful athletes? Cause that was kind of always like growing yeah, up, one of the honestly, like most excellence you see. Yeah. That was, that was all, that was all a lot of us saw, you know, at the time. Yeah. And, it was like, okay, that's that's the quickest way to success. And now you had black families like pressuring their kids to go get concussions. Mm. Um yeah, at, yeah. you know, to make money. And, you know, I, I have a I have a close friend. He, he he was in the NFL, he got injured, but he's definitely um pretty sure he's gonna go back. But mm-hmm. that wasn't like his end all be all. It was a bridge, you know? Right. Um and because he's been able to see other black successful people 
go through the NFL as a bridge, he has been doing so well. Like he has a condo now. Mm-hmm. He has his own clothing brand that he's been running himself. He's been designing it himself. And it's like, that's because you have, you have like people in these spaces now, you know, making amazing, uh, amazing clothes, amazing brands, you know, as mm-hmm. a person of color, which a lot of us never thought like that was really possible. Um, so yeah. I think representation matters. And I think like now, now more than ever, we can really see ourselves in a lot of these spaces or at least make mm-hmm. our own tables, make our own tables to be in um, a space that we make our own. You know, we don't have to sit down here and wait for a co-sign from a white person, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. God co-signed me. He made mm-hmm. me, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm-hmm. I already have that stamp of approval as a worthy creative, a worthy human mm-hmm. being. So I'm just going to work in that. I'm just going to walk in that. Um, and I've always told people this, like, be faithful with your gifts. You know, don't don't wait. And that's what I love about you. Like, this is our first time meeting, but when I saw your your reels like i went to your page and i just scrolled down i went to see everything that you've done i saw that you were under 10k followers but i think you've reached 10 now congratulations on that you know and it's like you were faithful whether whether the reel had 1000 views 512k you were faithful Mm -hmm. um and that's all i think we all just need to do like never don't get too caught up with the numbers. Like if you're, and, and with my faith, I think it, it's really humbled me and helped me a lot because I know that this gift can be taken anytime. And mm-hmm. I know when I die, I know God's gonna ask me, what did I do with this gift? And so I try to make it a point to definitely bless people, help people out, um, give tutorials, inspire people, spark conversation, make artwork that makes people talk. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, because at the end of the day, like, I can't take these gifts with me to heaven, you know, like, it's mm-hmm. like, what, what am I doing here on earth to help this legacy continue when I'm gone? You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, when Tammy is gone, Tammy is gone, but it's like, what did Tammy do that, w- that can still live on? And for me, yeah. it's like, okay, Tammy created work of people that looked like him that people could look at and be inspired and realize that they are worthy of love, worthy of um, anything in life, you know? Um, that mm-hmm. And that's that's been my goal. And it's, it's a thing that I want to remind myself every day, you know, that like I always say, and maybe one day I'm gonna do an exhibition and just call it that, like black is a beautiful canvas, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I think you've done it. I mean, you've done Thank a lot you. of stuff already at, at 29, and I think you're really leading the way. I think it's good that you look at it that way because I think that's what's so fulfilling just about being someone that creates anything in general is that regardless of money or fame or yeah, like whatever happens in the present, uh, 
that ha- that stuff has the opportunity to exist even when you don't exist anymore which exactly. is like if you're you could be rich and all that but if you're just a person that is rich for the sake of you know you just handle handle money or whatever it may be that money's all gonna money isn't gonna be worth anything at, at one point you know knowing yep. seeing how the world's going like we might not even have money at some point right. it might be everyone's paying like crypto and shit you know so yeah it's cool to create just for the sake of creating and i like that you haven't i think i already mentioned this but you don't you don't seem to sacrifice like what you believe in and it's worked you know like you didn't mm-hmm. you didn't sacrifice your morals and it also mm-hmm. it like launched your career rather than like kept you from getting opportunities you made them right. for yourself and right i think it's a good example cuz like you're saying you don't have to sit around and wait for someone to tell you you're you're good or you're ready to go you just you just go you know yeah for sure and it's been it's been awesome you know i don't know how long my career is going to be but uh i'm trying to stay in the moment and uh be thankful for where i'm at and where i started from because like i've Mm -hmm. always said the journey is the reward not the destination so right and this is a journey you know, like I don't like to feel. <clears throat> I don't. Always, I don't ever want to feel complacent or too too calm. You know, I want to continue to learn and grow as much as I can. So, yeah. Sorry, my battery died. But oh no, I you're agree. good. You're, you're good. <laughs> uh, let's see, but. I think that that's a good that's a good point to end there. And uh, if you guys want to hear a little bit more, I'm gonna do a quick Q and A with Temi over or Tammy, sorry, over on the <laughs> um, Patreon. And other than that, I appreciate you chatting with me, man. It was nice to meet you. Yeah, no, thank you so much. This was amazing. All right, see you, everyone. Right. Peace.